Welcome to the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast. I'm Dr. Rita Jablonski, a nurse practitioner and researcher with over 30 years of experience working with people who have dementia and their family and formal carers. I explain why behaviors happen, what the behaviors mean, and how to best handle them. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes and is no substitute for medical advice or care. Welcome to episode 12, Dementia Cures Are Bullshit. What is really going on? Earlier in my nurse practitioner career, I worked for a geriatric practice. This practice provided primary care to people residing in nursing homes. One day, I admitted a woman from the hospital with a diagnosis of dementia. First thing I did was look over her medications. Holy shit. She had been prescribed multiple medications, what we call polypharmacy, and all of those medicines were interacting and slowing down brain functioning. As I looked over her history, I figured out what happened. She had been living independently and had developed pneumonia. She became sick enough to need to be hospitalized. While in the hospital, she developed a problem called delirium, which is acute confusion, usually brought on by infection and medications. And I will have more on that in future podcasts. The physician overseeing her care mistakenly diagnosed dementia. This is a pretty common occurrence when someone in their, unfortunately with ageism, sometimes in their late 60s, but if you get someone who's in their early to mid 70s and they're in the hospital and they start to act confused, sometimes people don't think delirium, they jump right on the dementia bandwagon. So, And once dementia is written in your chart, good luck with that. As I looked over her meds, I realized she must have been a bit feisty in the hospital because she was prescribed a couple benzodiazepines. Those are drugs like Xanax or the generic name is Alprazolam and some serious antipsychotic medication. No wonder she was confused. I was pretty impressed that she was actually opening up her eyes and able to talk a little bit. As a nurse practitioner, one of the first things I always do is look at the meds, and in this case, I stopped 80% of them. Two weeks later, she was showing less confusion. Within two months, she showed zero memory problems. Her family claimed that I had cured her dementia, and they treated me like a miracle worker. Nope. I successfully treated her delirium, and I removed a ton of pharmaceutical shit. She never had true dementia. In fact, memory problems can be caused by a multitude of problems and medicines. This is why there are people all over the internet claiming they have cured dementia. The majority of these claims are outright horseshit, pure fucking scams. A few of these claimers likely did what I did. They fixed a fixable problem, except these claimers or scammers either have no idea what delirium is or they don't care. One of the annoying things about social media is that if you are a family caregiver for someone with dementia, regardless of type, 
well-meaning family and friends will start tagging you every time they encounter a dementia cure. Happens to me, my family members know what I do for a living and they will tag me in a Facebook post and say, hey Rita, what do you think? And I actually created a graphic that has the word bullshit going across it and that's what I add when I'm tagged. Like, no, this is nonsense. I can understand people wanting to try all sorts of things to cure their loved one. That makes sense. But please be assured, as of right now, September of 2021, there are no cures for dementia. The medication aducanumab or aduhelm, that is something to slow or stop the progression. That doesn't fix the problems that are already existing. If anyone advertises that they have a diet, a supplement, a medicine, anything to cure dementia, they are wrong. If the person claiming to have cured Alzheimer's dementia or some other dementia is a healthcare provider, fucking run. This person should know better. And if they do not, you do not want to be trusting your care to them. If the person claiming is a friend or family caregiver, they mean well, but were fooled by one of the dementia fakers. Other health or problems that can cause reversible memory loss. Here are some of the culprits that can cause memory problems and are sometimes responsible for an incorrect diagnosis of dementia, especially in older adults. First, depression and anxiety. Depression and anxiety tend to occur together. Persons with depression can have problems with memory retrieval and completing activities that require thinking. They may have what's called cognitive slowing. There is some controversy though. If the memory problems are mild, then treatment with an appropriate medication may improve memory performance. On the other hand, and this is where some of the controversy comes in, there is emerging evidence that people whose brains are starting to change due to dementia may be more sensitive to becoming depressed. That is, in these cases, the depression is an early warning sign that neurons are dying, which is neurodegeneration, and neurons make chemicals called neurotransmitters, so if a neurotransmitter like serotonin starts to decrease and you treat somebody with a drug that increases serotonin, you fix the depression and you can also help with some of the cognitive slowing. But again, there are some schools of thought that the occurrence of depression in these cases is really unmasking the dementia. Bottom line is, if a person is showing up with depression and anxiety, treat the depression and anxiety and go from there. Low oxygen levels from sleep apnea, lung problems, or even anemia can cause problems because neurons need oxygen to function. If there is not enough oxygen getting to the brain because of sleep apnea or whatever problem, not enough. if there's not enough red blood cells to carry the oxygen, which is what happens in anemia, 
or if you have lung disease, which means oxygen isn't getting through the lungs to the blood vessels, you will see more confusion and memory problems. By the same token, poor blood flow to the brain is also a contributor to memory problems. If blood is not getting to the neurons, neither is oxygen, like I just talked about. Poor blood flow can be caused by a variety of medical problems. Low blood pressure, abnormally low heart rate, or unusual heart rhythms like atrial fibrillation. Some medications change the chemistry in the brain. So medications can also contribute to cognitive confusion. Brain cells use certain chemicals like acetylcholine, which is another neurotransmitter, to make and hold memories. There are entire networks of the brain that are dependent on acetylcholine to work. Medications that interfere with acetylcholine levels can create memory problems. Other medications like Dapsone can interfere with oxygen getting to the brain. Narcotics, certain seizure medications, and a class of drugs known as benzodiazepines, drugs like Xanax, or the generic name Alprazolam, can cause slow mental functioning. After the break, I will talk about more reversible causes of memory problems. Thyroid problems are another source of reversible memory problems. The thyroid gland, located in your neck, is the thermostat of your body. If the gland is not running up to speed, everything in your body slows down, including your thinking. People with low levels of thyroid hormone may also gain weight and be very sensitive to cold. If the thyroid levels drop dangerously low, the person can go into a coma. Another culprit, artificial sweeteners, although again, there's some controversy right now. There are links between certain artificial, artificial sweeteners like aspartame and headaches or migraines. Some people are just more sensitive to artificial sweeteners than others. I have had family members literally exhibit stroke-like symptoms after ingesting artificial sweeteners, so I stopped using them. Liver problems can also contribute to memory issues. The liver is responsible for breaking down medications and foods. If the liver is not working properly, some toxic substances stay in the body and the person may complain of feeling tired, and you can also see mental confusion. There are usually other signs, like a swollen abdomen, dark urine, light-colored stools, and lack of appetite. But some of those signs tend to happen in with more severe liver problems. Sleep is a biggie. The brain needs both quantity and quality of sleep. 
people who don't get a lot of sleep or who get poor quality sleep, for example, people on night shift, people who are caregivers, whose care recipient is up all night. Without adequate sleep, you can feel very slow and sluggish. Fatigue interferes with brain functioning and sleep deprivation can cause the same level of impairment as heavy drinking. There have been studies in which shift workers who were deprived of a couple nights of sleep and then they were given sobriety tests and they failed. So sleep is a big one. And sometimes people take substances to help them sleep. For example, some people have a couple glasses of alcohol to make them sleepy. The alcohol will make you sleepy in the beginning, but as the body metabolizes it, you will wake up several hours later and it also interferes with your quality of REM, rapid eye movement sleep. Alcohol as a panacea for sleep problems can have the opposite effect. Medications for sleep problems can also cause brain fog the next day. Really, the best way to approach sleep is really good sleep hygiene. People tend to sleep better in cool environments versus hot, use white noise, make sure there's no noise from other rooms or outside. Lighting, you don't want 10 million electronic stuff with the lights, the LED lights shining on you. All of that can cause problems with sleeping. Pain. Pain can cause memory problems because the pain becomes the focus of your attention and concentration. Opiates used to treat pain can also cause memory problems. Another cause for memory problems that a lot of people don't think about are vitamin deficiencies. Low vitamin D can cause memory and thinking problems. Vitamin B12, if it's low enough, can make existing memory problems much worse. Earlier, I talked about delirium, and delirium is a sudden onset of confusion that usually occurs during severe illnesses or hospitalization. It can get better and worse. It can go up and down, meaning it fluctuates over the course of several hours. Once the illness is addressed and the person's health becomes better, the delirium usually clears. It can take up to three months for some people. Based on current research research studies, though, delirium may be another warning sign that the person is already having neurodegenerative brain changes consistent with a dementia, and the delirium is unmasking the dementia. That is, the person is already starting to lose neurons, and the added stress of an illness created the delirium because the neurons that were there were overwhelmed. If your loved one does have dementia, You can help keep their brain functioning at optimal levels by addressing any and all of the issues above. 
Bottom line is, you, if you or someone you know is having problems with thinking or memory, the first place is to start with your primary care provider. He or she should provide a thorough examination, check blood oxygen levels, and look at your laboratory results. Depending on the results, you may find something that needs to be addressed, or if nothing pops up, then the next step may be a neurology appointment for more in-depth evaluation. Sometimes you will come across articles or something on the internet that says this certain thing causes dementia. Well, sometimes two events do consistently happen together, and this is called correlation. I had a statistics professor years ago who used to show the class this very impressive graph comparing national ice cream sales with drownings. Both ice cream sales and drownings steadily increased in April, peaked in July, and then slowly dwindled by October. Does this mean that ice cream eaters were more likely to drown than non-ice cream eaters? New. No. Both ice cream sales and drownings occur more frequently in warm summer months. Neither was related to each other. There are ways to show correlation mathematically using different statistical approaches. But here's where it gets fun. Just because two things happen together, just because two things are correlated, it doesn't mean one causes the other. As my statistics professor was fond of saying, correlation does not equal causation. Researchers love to take large sets of data and look for correlations between life events, health problems, and Alzheimer's disease. And sometimes that information is helpful because it can point to cumulative problems that may cause issues. For example, vascular dementia is caused by ongoing problems and cardiovascular disease. If I control someone's blood pressure, control their diabetes or prevent diabetes, I may be able to prevent the cardiovascular disease that causes vascular dementia. That's good to know. One topic, though, that seems to come up a lot is gum disease and dementia. I know this because I do a lot of research with mouth care. And in some correlation studies, gum disease and Alzheimer's disease follow the ice cream and drowning pattern. They exist together. I would not argue that dementia causes gum disease. However, I know from my own research that people living with dementia often stop brushing their teeth, or they fight the efforts of others to provide mouth care. Without consistent mouth care, plaque builds up on teeth and along the gum line, and pretty soon you get gum disease. The dementia did not cause the gum disease. The lack of mouth care caused the gum disease. There are also some studies, again, looking at correlations, that suggest that people with gum disease may be more likely to develop Alzheimer's dementia and other dementias. One has to be careful here. People who develop 
gum disease usually have other health problems like heart disease, diabetes. Some scientists have suggested that long-standing gum disease may cause heart disease. Other scientists have documented that diabetes and gum disease may aggravate each other. As I mentioned a few seconds ago, people with diabetes and heart disease are also at greater risk for developing dementia as they age. So you see where all these different pieces are kind of leading to each other. And you have to be really careful when you look at claims that something specific caused dementia. So the bottom line is these relationships, like many relationships, are very complicated. Reporters who push exciting headlines are more interested in getting readers and not explaining the truth. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so other dementia caregivers can find this podcast. If you are a caregiver for someone with dementia and need help understanding and dealing with these behaviors, please contact me. You can find me on Facebook, Make Dementia Your B, or email me, info at makedementiayourbitch.com.